week 32 of 2023. There's a new class action lawsuit against Tesla over their range claims under EV vehicles. The lawsuit alleges that Tesla, quote, marketed its electric vehicles as having a grossly overvalued range in an effort to increase sales to customers, end quote. The lawsuit was filed with the U.S. District Court of the Northern District of California. In it, Tesla faced charges of fraud and breach of warranty, amongst others. I'll link to an article explaining the details of the case in the show notes for this episode, which you can find on my website. This case really got me thinking about estimates in general and how estimates are not really that reliable and how people keep on mistaking estimates for some form of a guarantee or contract, which of course they are not. The fact is EV range claims are estimates, not guarantees. Those estimates are for optimal environmental conditions and optimal driving styles. For example, if you are driving in winter conditions, which is an environmental consideration, or you are heavy on your acceleration, which is your driving style, then both of those will reduce the battery range. All car manufacturers or OEMs make similar estimates. In general, all engineering estimates tend to be inaccurate. And it's important that we realize that Estimates are not contracts, and these estimates are based upon optimistic assumptions and conditions. If Tesla lose their case on battery range estimates, the net result will be that all car OEMs will no longer give estimates. Previously, I've done a whole podcast episode on why engineering estimates are unreliable, and I will link to that in the show notes for this episode also. But the summary is that, in general, estimates are a guess, a best guess, and they're based upon optimistic assumptions. Any engineer that I've ever worked with, especially the good ones, are are optimists. So they tend to estimate things based upon optimal conditions, so-called happy path estimates. So if you're driving a car in a, let's say, a, a normal way, and you're driving it in somewhere sunny, like, you know, California or Nevada, um, you're probably going to get close to the, the claimed range. Um, but if you're driving your car um, in somewhere that's very cold, like northern Canada, for example, in the middle of the winter, that's naturally going to impact upon the the charge in the battery, and it's going to impact upon the resulting range that you can achieve in that car. So put simply, environmental conditions impact upon estimates. And the people producing the estimates often optimize they produce estimates for best case scenarios and this isn't just true in the case of estimates coming from tesla about their batteries but it's true in in general if you work in the software engineering field or most engineering fields for that matter estimates are estimates they're not guarantees they're not contracts and if you start to hold people legally accountable for their estimates well all you're going to do is you're going to make them either give extremely conservative estimates 
or they're just not going to give estimates at all because they'd be too afraid to do so. So in the previous episode that I'd done on estimates, which is called Project Estimates Are Unreliable, I gave my arguments on why we should reduce our emphasis on producing them as they are not scientific. I actually think we should stop giving estimates. I think um, it creates more confusion than, than good. I think people outside of engineering disciplines can't determine the difference between an estimate and a guarantee. So for example, if we're talking about a project and an engineering team says, you're going to get the release next Friday. And then next Friday comes and goes. And the stakeholders say, hey, you guys gave me a promise. You said it was going to be ready on Friday, but here we are and it's Friday and it's not ready. You guys have, you know, you've let me down. You, you've, you've lied to me. Um, I can't trust you anymore. And the engineers listening to this, they think, whoa, hold on a minute. I gave you an estimate. I didn't give you a guarantee. Um, that, that wasn't a contract. Based upon the knowledge that I had at the time, I gave you a best guess that it would be ready by Friday. But I never gave you a guarantee. And talking about, you know, bringing me to court and suing me because um, because I missed my deadline. Now I'm thinking I'm going to be super careful with the estimates I'm going to give you from now on. I'm going to pad them. I'm going to give them to be as pessimistic as possible. I'm going to completely overcompensate to make sure I, I cover my you-know-what. And that's no good for anybody either. So in many ways, the estimates are kind of pointless. Things will be ready when they're ready. And when it comes to the range of a vehicle that you purchased, well, when you start driving it in the real world, you will start to figure out what the range actually is for you, for your set of conditions. And for every user, it's going to be different. And that's just a fact of life. You can't give an estimate, a one-size-fits-all estimate, that's going to be accurate for every single environment. We're talking about a car that's driving in the field. We're talking about the conditions in the field being completely different dependent upon where you are in the world and also the time of the year because we're talking about weather conditions as well. So there's no one-size-fits-all estimate that can be accurate for everybody. It's mathematically impossible. But unfortunately, because the general public is not very attuned to the inaccuracies of an estimate or the realities of an estimate and they think they mistake that 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 estimate to be some kind of guarantee and it's not it was never intended to be a guarantee but that's the way they think if you give them a number you say you know uh 400 miles or 550 kilometers or whatever it is and they take that as gospel they run with that they say oh well you told me it was going to be 400 miles and hey, I only got 350 miles and you guys lied to me. Well, you know, is it worth the trouble producing the estimate at all? It's a kind of a lose-lose situation for a company like Tesla, and I would genuinely have some sympathy for them in this situation. And if they lose this case, it's going to have implications for the entire car industry. So to summarize, during my long career, if I was sued every time I made a bad engineering estimate, I'd be bankrupt by now. And I think it's going to be an interesting one for for us to watch and it's going to be interesting to see what the final decision is because I believe it's a class action lawsuit. So if it goes against Tesla, you can well believe that all of the other car OEMs are going to be watching very closely because they're all producing similar figures. It's not just Tesla. So apart from that, um, 
this week I, I didn't really do a lot of work in any of my projects because I was actually on vacation, um, which I'm only just back from recently. So a little bit behind on things and trying to get down to um, inbox zero again, as you can imagine. Um, in terms of media, however, I did uh, get back watching Foundation Season 2 again. Continues to be superb. Um, I have heard some people who are saying online that they don't like it because it doesn't really align with the book. Um, I've also read the book, the original trilogy anyway. I think if they were just to put that on on uh, on screen exactly as is in the book, it wouldn't actually be that interesting. And I don't think people would be able to follow it very clearly uh, given the the timelines involved. So they made some compromises, but I think it works um, and I'm really enjoying it. I actually think the second season is better than the first one. I enjoyed the first one a lot, so definitely recommend that. Um, the other thing is I brought Neuromancer by William Gibson um, on vacation with me. Um, I've had it on my shelf for years, and I don't know why I haven't read it until now. I'm actually a major cyberpunk fan, and I'm absolutely blown away reading this book. I cannot believe it was written in 1984. He doesn't just talk about the internet and cyberspace and the matrix and all of these topics he actually coins a lot of those phrases and it just it just blows me away how how forward-looking um that piece of work is and how brilliant of a writer that william gibson is because it's a real page turner it's very exciting and um i actually think that would make a marvelous um screen adaption and i'm surprised nobody has attempted to do so yet um, because it's really thrilling and really very well written. Uh, the characterization is superb. Um, the descriptions of the environment is superb. It all feels very real and gritty and lived in, which is exactly how cyberpunk should be. And that was, in many ways, the book that kicked off cyberpunk. I know there were earlier works, but I think that's the most famous one. And the best way I can describe it is it's like film, film noir, but in a future setting. And if you enjoy the original Blade Runner movie, um, you'll know exactly what I mean. And so I'm looking forward to finishing that and uh, may post a full review. Um, but it's just superb. I, I really can't talk about it highly enough. It's definitely shot right up the list in terms of my favorite books that I've ever read. So yeah, definitely recommend that one. Okay, I'm going to leave it there, guys. I will be back next Friday, as usual. Um, I hope you have a great weekend, and I will talk to you then. Take care. Bye-bye.